Okay. Um, today's episode is going to be a lot more different. It's going to be more of a lesson. Today's topic is about the discussion of racism. And racism is such a broad and vague out term. It's one of the most dangerous words in the English lexicon. So I think, you know, moving forward, as long as we start breaking down these words and realizing the severity of the word and knowing the word in its totality is going to help us create different steps to get where we to get to where we want to be. So the first thing is the word itself, racism. We hear that word oftentimes, whether it's on the news, on social media, we hear that word oftentimes when it comes to shit like police brutality, bigotry, discrimination, all that. This word is oftentimes entitled or entailed with acts like that. So what do you think the word racism in itself means? Oppression. Oppression. Okay. Do you want to elaborate? Because I did teach you this. Um, basically like making sure that whatever group you're trying to keep down is staying where yeah. they're where you want them to stay. Yeah. Um, I read this book by Dr. Cloud Anderson and he talked about how, you know, racism is the power the power to control or create certain phenomenons to where those phenomenons can be used to either control or enslave a specific group to get financial, political, or social gain. Power to control phenomenon. Shit, I can't spell for shit. Nobody gonna see this. Phenomenons, boom. And utilize them for social, political, or financial gain. And the reason why knowing the true definition of racism itself is important is because once you realize the definition of itself, of that word, you realize how it applies to the American society and the very framework of the American government in itself. And I think once we realize that this word power, it gives us a chance to broaden the conversation to how deep racism is instilled in today's society. Whether it's, you know, you trying to get a job or affirmative action or welfare checks or, you know, mass incarceration. This word racism gives us the basis for all these different issues that we have in today's society. So one thing I want to talk about is the term discrimination and try to create try to create a clear difference between the two and why having a clear difference is important. But before I do that, why do you think having a clear difference is important? I think it's just better for society to know the difference so that it doesn't get watered down and like get in the mix of like well racism is this and discrimination is this they're basically the same thing Where? or if the um definition gets messed up then we'll just have a whole society that doesn't really know what harm we're doing to each other okay that's a valid point that's a valid point I personally believe the reason why we need to create a difference between the two is because when it comes to, especially political stuff, on the power scheme of this country, the word racism is, is foundational. Racism is why we had enslavement. Racism is why we have Jim Crow. Racism is why we have, you know, segregation and mass incarceration to, you know, affirmative action, all these different things. It's built on the idea of racism. And racism is the power to control phenomenons or utilize them for social, political, or financial gain over another group. Wait, you said racism is why we have enslavement, mm. or do you think enslavement is why we have racism? Do you think it was about race at first, per se? That's a good question because then you start to think about what's racism used as a justification for enslavement. Mm. And I'd say you're probably right because prior to, prior to racism, you know, people were getting enslaved. Enslavement was there, whether it was indentured servitude or, you know, spoils of war, prisoners of war. People were being captured and enslaved, but the word chattel slavery, chattel. I think the word chattel slavery is when we really start to see the ideology of racism being incorporated into slavery itself. So prior to chattel slavery, you know, I don't think racism was such a big factor. And you had different religious groups that, you know, were damn near pushing out this racist ideology or racism in itself to oppress other people. 
because they knew that the powers to control or create phenomenons to utilize to utilize for social, political, or financial gain gives them a chance to create shit and benefit off of it. It gives them a chance to, you know, go to other countries and other continents and polish through them and then be like, you know, because of my race, I have the ability to create these phenomenons, but you don't. And that's what black folks were cut out from, from this country, is the ability to, you know, strive in a racist society. And when I know, whenever I say racism, I correlate it to what you said is oppression. It's a system that is set up to, again, using power to control phenomenons, to utilize for social, political, or financial gain. It's a race, literally. Race. Take away from the ideology of, you know, skin color. Mm-hmm. What is a race? What is a race? Get, you're trying to get to first place. Yeah, trying to get to first place. An idea of racism gives us a chance to know that if it's a race, so all these systems are set up to make sure that the white group in this country get to the race first. They finish the race first. We're all gonna, we're always going to be the last. So I think analyzing this gives us the chance to realize different government systems that we have in the American society that oppresses the black man and the black woman. So away from racism and why it's important, discrimination is a big thing because if we start to, you know, coerce the two or try to create a confluence between the two, what happens is everybody in this country can say that they're living under racism. And, you know, discrimination is important because individuals go through different instances to where they undergo discrimination. They meet individuals who, you know, talk to them in a fucked up way because of how they look, their skin color, their gender, shit like that. So I think discrimination is very real and it's it's, it's evident in this society. But at the same time, discrimination is totally different from racism. I, I believe discrimination is, is, a, is a way of acting towards someone based on their skin color, their race, their gender, religion. And then it, it correlates with a, a contemporary issue in society and it, it connects to an even deeper societal issue. So discrimination would go under being a bigot, basically. Being a bigot based off of race, gender, beliefs slash religion but uh yeah okay that's that you know being a bigot based off of race gender beliefs or religion and then i i read i read an article where somebody was like being uh discriminatory towards somebody would be like you know we see people who are middle eastern and we automatically link them with terrorism because terrorism has been running rampant in the past couple of years so as soon as we see somebody, our, our, our discrimination allows, allows us to connect them to terrorism. That's discriminating. We see a Mexican or a, a Latino or Hispanic person, and we, connect, and we connect them towards illegal immigration because it's a contemporary issue that's happening right now, and it connects to a societal issue that's even deeper than today. So I think understanding the tool gives us the, the groundwork or the framework to start moving forward. So something that somebody should ask or somebody should realize is, okay, we have all this information, right? What do we do to use it? What can we really use the definition of racism for? And how can we utilize it? What happens? A piece of paper. Piece of paper? Oh, you hear it? Yeah, the sound is like... Okay. Just for the listeners. Okay. So I was saying, you still here? Wait, the way? Yeah, but it's not as bad. Okay. Um, I'm gonna edit that out. But the reason why you know we talk about stuff like this, like I said before, it lays the groundwork of the framework to start talking about actual change and being practical with the knowledge. So I think the first thing we need to realize is the American society, from government to this this country's version of capitalism, is all built upon. Racism. The core value of America is built on uh, shit. Monica died. The whole core value of America is built on racism. The idea that we're gonna have a system set up that oppresses a specific group system sort of that that oppresses a specific group and then creating phenomenons to utilize that oppression to get financial gain or get you know social gain or political gain and it's been evident throughout American history 
slavery, slavery is the reason why America is really, as of today, an economic powerhouse. You know, slaves in the South basically built the American economy. And then you, you move on from there, you have shit like Jim Crow and segregation that places a racial hierarchy of blacks are second class citizens and less than whites. That's societal game. Second class citizens. That's a societal game for the average white person. The idea that, you know, I have a system set up not to oppress me, but to oppress you and gives me an upper hand towards a lot of other shit in this world or in this society that you're not going to be able to have access to because of your skin color and who you are. And I don't use the term African-American to try to relate you like this because African-American is a term that can be really, really, really used against us. Because if you want to talk biology, every individual who's on this earth has some kind of connection towards Africa. So and then everybody who lives in this country or is a U.S. citizen can identify as an African-American because they have a connect link with African ancestry and they are born or naturalized in the U.S. So they become what? African-American. And even for Africans themselves. You know, the term African, it, it, it connects directly to the African continent. And I believe... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say... Um James Baldwin that said um, to be African American is to be African without remembering your roots and to be American without having your rights or something like that. He said something like that, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I um, no, you go good. Ahead. I think I think that's a good point because what is African? You know, if African, if everything about Africa is connected towards its roots and its history and its culture, and we're cut out from that, all we have is this. But our citizenship isn't defined by where we're born as the kind of color you have in this country. And that color is black. So I think the best term to use when it comes to racial issues affecting black people is to describe them as black Americans. Because the black American experience in this country varies from every other race group in this country. From Latinos to Africans to whites to non-Hispanic whites, all those individuals cannot relate to the black experience in this country. We're the only group in this country who literally had to fight to be seen as a human being. At some point we were property and at some point we were three-fifths a human being and now we're quote-unquote seen to be full human beings. So I think realizing that the African experience in this country took away the African. All it did was make us black. And being left with only being black, we turned that blackness into a culture, a belief system, and a reality. So not using the term black takes away from the experiences and the culture and beliefs built on the ideology of just being black. Because you got to remember, when we came here on the ships, all the connections towards Africa were gone. Mm -hmm. We had to create, you know, our own culture, our own beliefs, our own realities. And then, you know, of course, there are the OG slaves who try to pass down the beliefs and shit over time. But word of mouth only lasts so long. At some point, all those African beliefs and values got cut out because all the OGs was gone. And we literally became just black people. So I think the term black American allows us to be, you know, really specific when it comes to dealing with race issues. It doesn't become an every minority kind of thing or a, a, an African American kind of thing. Because like I said, you can flip that in so many ways and it's, it's really vague so people can, you know, exploit that. And also, I don't like the whole, like, because Af Africa is a continent, it's mm -hmm. not a country. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of countries in Africa that don't just have black people, like Egypt. Yeah. Egypt, they're not black over there. Well, the majority of them, are, they're not black. Mm -hmm. But because they come from Africa, they would technically be considered an African-American. Yeah. You know, I was reading, I found this article a couple years back. And then, I think, I'm not really sure, but basically it was this either he was Algerian or Tunisian or some African country. He was a part of that country, he was from there. And then he had moved here and naturalized as a American. And he applied for a scholarship at Maryland that was supposed to be towards black people. But the scholarship had the term African American. So when he applied for that and they realized he wasn't black, they denied him that scholarship. So guess what he did? He took that to the court and sued them for $150,000. And he was awarded that because Biologically and using the terminology, he can, he can identify with both. Exactly. Yeah. So it gives people who aren't black an opportunity to exploit what blacks should be getting and what blacks deserve. Yeah. So whenever we speak about race issues that pertain to black people specifically, the term black American should be used. Mm -hmm. And people 
don't want to use the term black American oftentimes have self-hate. That's what that is. The idea that, you know, being black is so demeaning and degraded in this country, and then any real quote unquote value isn't associated towards it, they try to neglect that and try to negate the reality of the situation. And that's all that is, it's just inner self-hate. So moving on from there, an individual might say, now we understand the concept of why knowing how using the words in, 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 in the most specific sense allows us to move forward. So now, what's the next step? I think the next step when it comes to racism, and I found this funny, you know, when during the vice presidential debate, Mike Pence announced that I, the, the structure of, you know, systemic racism and systemic oppression. And I don't blame him because like I said, people use the term in a vague ass sense and doesn't describe the power to control phenomenons to gain or utilize for social, political, or economic, you know, profit against another group. If he understood that terminology, even if he was a racist man, like I said, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Self-realization is the best realization. So if we could, if we can start using those terms in the most specific way to individuals who aren't black, they can, by themselves, if they have any kind of common sense, start to realize that the American system is set up in a way that white people control phenomenons and control different aspects of society that benefit them and oppress black people. And that is basically what systemic oppression represents. From mass incarceration to, you know, abortion rates in this country to, you know, um, the fucked up school system, gentrification, all of those are controlled phenomena by white faces and Europeans to gain political, financial, or economic, um, or social profits while at the same time oppressing another group. And then we're the only group that that system has been built to, towards targeting. You know, we have people like Donald Trump talking about talking down or, or discriminating against immigrants and shit, but he doesn't have a system set up to put Mexicans down. He didn't have the ICE and shit, but that doesn't that, that doesn't even come close to what we have today. You know, so I think I think once we realize that and we're able to use those term and terminologies in the right way, we get a chance to broaden the conversations towards a more practical sense. You know, back in the sixties people who used terms Dr. King would be like, oh, it's a minority issue that we had, da, 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 da. And the problem with the word minority is because minority allows confluence. And confluence is the merging of things, basically. It's just merging. So the word minority, boom. Minority constitutes to any group in America who doesn't equal or isn't close to the majority. So from whites to Asians to non-Hispanics to blacks, all those individuals who aren't necessarily white fall under the category of minority. Boom. But then again, once we make this a, make this a, a, a layer, we're minority, right? So we have Asians, Blacks, Hispanics in this group, Jews, whatever you want to call it. Whatever minority you want to put in there, you can put in there. The reason why this word is negative towards Black people is because it includes every other group that hasn't necessarily endured the black struggle into the chance to gain its profits. And it includes groups that haven't undergone the black struggle. And once we start doing that, you know, we give individuals a chance to basically get monetary funding and resources that we should be getting because the black struggle is only the black struggle. It is not the Hispanic struggle. It is not the Asian struggle. We're the only people in this country that this this whole system is built upon oppressing and using our labor and the, and, and the hard work of our ancestors towards building and keeping our ancestors, at, our ancestors at bay. So the word minority gives one that gives groups a chance to be included in the black struggle where they don't have to go through it. It's like, you know, it's like me standing in line for some shoes and then, you know, I'm in line, it's raining and all that. And then they're like, you know, everybody who's been outside in the last 10 minutes can come in and get free shoes. And then white folks pull up, Asians pull up, Hispanics pull up. They wasn't there for the last four or five hours when I was in the rain, but they get to gain the benefit of being there for the last, what, 10 minutes. That is a good analogy. That's basically what it is. So the word minority takes away from black problems and then resources that should be put towards black problems and gives every other group a chance to gain from it. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't think we should be using the term minority when it comes to black problems. We should say black problems are black problems and black problems only. Is Big. that do you feel the same way towards um, term people of color? Yeah. People of color range from orange folks to green folks to non-whites to black folks. Being specific gives us a chance to really be practical and make change. Being vague gives us a chance to be all over the place, be distorted, like back in the 60s, in the 60s with Malcolm uh, and uh, MLK. So, you know, being being specific allows us, or gives us a chance, not even Malcolm, Malcolm was on the shit, but MLK was a little bit on, on, on the edge. So, you know, using the term minority allows other groups that aren't black to benefit from the black struggle. The black struggle. Another problem with the term minority. Every other group that has been to or has come into this country from about talk about income. Every other group that has come into this country from about late 60s to the 1990s received an overall gain in their medium household income. You search that up, I'm not capping. Google, Google that shit if you think I'm capping. But every other minority group that moved into this country post 1960s, all the way to 1990s gained a, a, a a substantial increase in their median house and their median household income, whereas black black folks' income dropped. And the reason why income is so important is because once you can start making enough money within your household, you can start to create generational wealth. And then we've been denied access to that because a lot of times when these minority groups come in, they get a lot of benefits and shit that we don't get because we're not immigrants or we're not from a different country. We were born here. And we're put in a system that oppresses us so we can't really gain no benefits. Whereas they can come in, and sometimes they come in with money themselves. They come in with money, even if they don't come in with money, they come in with a chance to gain benefits just from being immigrants. And then once you classify them under the minority group, they can also, oh shit, I fucked up. They, they can also, I'm gonna cut that out. But once you start adding these individuals into the minority scheme, or the minority chart, they can also come in with their money, gain the government benefits, and gain from the black, the black struggle. So if I'm fighting for, you know, reparations for all black people, and then we, we say reparations for minority groups, and then they come in with $30,000 as immigrants, and then we're supposed to be getting 10000 for black folks or for minorities as reparations, and they identify under the minority group, guess who's also getting 10000 But I don't gotta do shit to get that 10000 and if we start cutting our funds and allocating our funds towards other groups, it's gonna cut out from what we deserve and what we can get. And we're always gonna be in the back, the back end of this capitalist society. Always gonna be in the back end. So I think the term minority people of color should not be used when it comes to black problems. Black problems should be used, or the term black problems should be used for only black people. Again, black folks are the only group in this country that had to validate their humanity. Had to validate them being able to you know, go to school. They had to earn that shit. These other groups did not have to earn that shit in the American society. So again, being specific with the terms we use gives us a chance to move forward. It gives us a chance to be more practical, a chance, a chance to be more realistic. And the last thing, what's the time? 23 minutes. 23 minutes, all right. I'm gonna make it an open discussion afterwards. But the last thing that I wanna talk about when it comes to race issues is Black folks have a, a keen ability to be altruistic. That's a good term. Marcus Dunn. Altruistic. And altruistic basically means to, you know, do stuff for other people without or without the desire or the intent to gain something back. Whether it's forgiveness or helping out other minority groups or helping out, you know, people of different colors, immigrants, and all that, mm-hmm. black folks have this conditioning to be altruistic. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tie this back to slavery because, again, everything is derived from slavery. Being altruistic. Once you're enslaved, you don't you don't live or you don't live to serve yourself. You live to serve your master. And you live to serve your master servitude. That's the key word. Servitude. No questions asked. Okay, servitude. And the reason why altruistic ties on with servitude is because once we were enslaved, the desire to be or to live for oneself is taken away. You're living for your master. You're working hard for your master. You're picking cotton every day for your master, but you're not getting nothing from it. The right to live shouldn't be equating all the work and 
you know, and you make it, this is your surviving, that does not equate, you know, you being able to live or you being able to eat today. You're not getting nothing back. That's being altruistic. Being able to help individuals without the intent or the desire to get anything back. And it slows it down. So it all comes down to slavery and servitude. And the last thing is going to be mental conditioning. And I've talked about this on the podcast before when I say fuck your morality. Because oftentimes morality, I think I told you this last night, but trying to define black experiences and black lifestyle using European nomenclature is one of the worst things we've ever done in the history of America. Because if we were to use European nomenclature to define every black experience, every black person would be seen as a heathen and a criminal. Because your existence in itself goes against the American ideology of you being property, you being innate objects. So you just living and trying to succeed goes against that. So every time we try to use European nomenclature to define black experiences, it allows them the chance to shape the narrative. Shape the narrative. And the reason why shaping the narrative is so important is because narrative doesn't mean truth. It don't mean facts either. It's a story. And if a story isn't truthful, you can never come up and try to build a valid argument and be like, yo, y'all are fucking this over. Look at this, 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 and this. But if we're mentally conditioned with the idea or the, the, the drive to be altruistic, and altruistic connected with servitude and slavery, we're giving them a chance to basically be masters again. Be my master, you know. How shall my life go? You're going to determine that. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, being altruistic has filled us. MLK, that shit didn't work. Trying to include everybody in black problems did not work. Servitude. When we were enslaved for 400 years and, you know, picking for mass and working hard for mass and getting raped and less to all that, we ain't gained shit from that. All we gained was mental conditioning. And that mental conditioning allowed us to, you know, view things from a Eurocentric standpoint and allow European nomenclature to shape African realities and African lifestyle. Or black lifestyle, to be specific. And the reason that that's wrong is because now they control the narrative. You know, having to perm your hair or having to, you know, you know, cut your hair really low and, you know, be almost damn near white. Or that's speak, that's the narrative they're fucking shaping. Speak differently. Yeah, speak differently. Or that's, speak quote unquote proper. Yeah. But what is proper? Yeah. You know? That is not that is not your actual being. That is not you as a black man. It's the narrative they want you to live by. That's why I said using European nomenclature to shape or define African or black experiences in this country is a, is, is a fallacy. It's always going to hold us back. So start shaping your own narrative and being true to yourself. Because no matter what you do, believe it or not, like Tupac said, y'all think we niggas. We all niggas. Whether you upper enchilant nigga who live in Beverly Hills with a bunch of nice houses, nice community, the white folks still see you as niggas. Yeah. And until you start owning shit and making shit happen, you're still going to be niggas. You're going to be thugs and niggas. So... Start shaping your own narrative and being true to yourself. Cut out the altruistic ideologies, the mental conditioning. Start educating yourself and being more enlightened with yourself. Because once you realize all this shit, when you hear an argument about, oh, minorities, minorities are facing this and this and this, you know in your heart, it's not a minority problem. It's a black problem. And it should, all, the resources should, all the resources should be put towards fixing that black problem. Not a minority problem. Because we've seen it happen before and it's going to fail us. Including everybody and being altruistic, being slaves of the mind, as I call it. Slaves of the mind. Being slaves of the mind don't help nobody but the other people. They're gonna use you to the benefit of themselves and then throw you to the curb when they done. That's all that is. So we can't keep allowing ourselves to keep falling in this fallacy of altruistic ideologies and be mentally conditioned towards servitude and allowing them to shape the narrative and using European nomenclature to shape our experiences. All those things play a fact to the fact that that all goes under racism because guess what? When they do that, they're shaping phenomenons and creating phenomenons to gain political, social, or economic advantages over the other group. Mm-hmm. That's racism. Boom. Everything connecting now? Makes yeah, sense? It's, it's coming full circle. Yeah. That's racism. And then we live in a system that even a quote-unquote non-white person is gonna, or even, even white folks who are not racist, they still are enacting these different things that shape out these phenomenons and that ties back to what we talked about earlier about racism. Um, I was gonna say that um, when, like, when black people talk about issues that we go through, a lot of the times people are like, "Well, what about this group? What about this group? And what about this group?" Mm-hmm. And we're kind of forced to be like, 
yeah you're right let's talk about this group now when really we should start saying no i'm talking about black people now and i'm gonna keep talking about black people now because we've been that's been the center of the issue since we were brought over here um as slaves yeah yeah that's a great point and it goes back to the idea of being altruistic you always want to please people without getting anything back mm-hmm. selflessness is good slavery is not and slavery of the mind is definitely not good. Servitude is not good. Mental conditioning ain't good. So, when, like I said, when it comes to black issues, don't be scared to speak up. Like, nah, fuck that. It's not a minority issue. It's a black issue. Mm-hmm. We have to tackle that black issue with black people. It's not. It's not a. It's not a Asian issue. It's not a Hispanic issue. It's a black issue. Mm-hmm. We're the, again, we're the only group in this country that had to validate us being not property and validate us being three fifths of a human being, then a full human being. The only group, in, probably in history that have had to validate that. So black problems should be black problems. Stop using the term minority because it equates all these other groups who aren't the majority into black struggle and they're benefiting off of that. So we can't be using that term, go ahead. I was gonna say that um, when people talk about, um, for example, Jewish hate crimes, Mm -hmm. they don't say religious group hate crimes. They say Jewish Jewish. hate crimes. They don't say, oh, all the religious groups, because that would mean Christians are um, receiving hate and Muslim, I mean, Muslims are receiving hate, but when they talk about Jews, they talk about Jews. That's it. They don't say minorities, people of color. They say Jews. In the same way, no, I'm just going to go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so when we talk about black issues, we should say black hate um, crimes, black hate crimes, black issues. As we should, as we should. You know, the same way they defame us, and they're really specific when they defame us, should be the same way when it comes to our issues. They should be addressed as black issues. Mm-hmm. The quick to call us niggas and coons and fuck ups and all of this mm-hmm. have that Dogs. same energy when it comes to fixing our problems. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't make this by everybody else, but only try to defame us. It shouldn't work like that. It's the same thing as slavery. We can't be stuck in this constant loophole of being mentally slave because we're not physically slave, slave no more to an extent. But the mental slavery still plays a part. A good book that everybody can read is The Miseducation of a Negro. That will open your mind. A lot of these individuals were supposed to be, you know, scholars for black people are un- they're undergoing mental slavery and the idea of being altruistic and you know oftentimes in capitalism people people use altruism or being altruistic to gain capital to make money off of it as well mm-hmm. so you know we need to get away from this whole image of you know being mentally enslaved because again european nomenclature to shape african experiences racism using the power or having the ability to create or shape phenomena to gain political social or economic benefit or privileges or advantages over another group that's what it all embodies it's a, it's a big ass circle and i'm trying to break it down i don't know if i, I don't know if i am but i'm trying to mm-hmm. so that's that's just the whole image as of right now so now we know what racism means and racism is the power to create phenomenons to benefit should that that has to do with social political or financial gain over another group and they can go even as much to the extent of slavery, enslavement, servitude. That's how far it is going. They can definitely go back there again. And then discrimination would be, you know, shit that people or acts that people do that, you know, aligns with contemporary issues that dives deeper into societal issues from the past. You know, being bigots. That's all it means. Being bigots based off on based off of contemporary issues that have historical references in the past or societal issues in the past. That's discrimination. Racism is the power to create these phenomena that every white person has. So black folks cannot, in theory, black folks cannot be racist because they don't have that power to create phenomena. We don't. We really we're, don't. We're, we're the people experiencing it. Mm-hmm. But we can definitely show signs of discrimination and prejudice. Definitely. We can definitely do that. And we do that sometimes as individuals. Mm-hmm. But white people are the only individuals in this country with the ability to enact or have this power of racism. And then that's just the lesson. So it's open discussion. This is me and anybody else here. I was gonna say that. Um, that makes sense, though. Yeah, yeah, no, it did. I mean, if the listeners are actually listening, mm-hmm. yeah, it made a lot of sense. Okay. Because you brought it full circle. But um, I was gonna say that with being inclusive, it just it's that de- it's really detrimental to our progress. Yeah. Because we just because other people just view it as something that's it's an everybody issue when really it's not an everybody issue like you said yeah. it's an us issue yeah. and it needs, to, it needs to start being seen as an us issue to everyone else and not just us that's true you know 
I hear people talk about, you know, it's not it's not a race issue, it's a human rights issue. Mm-hmm. Well, black folks are the only individuals on this planet whose humanity has been totally defined by their skin color, mm-hmm. their blackness. So if my blackness equates my humanity, it's a black problem. It's not a human rights problem. Mm-hmm. So definitely be, you know, very specific and taken away from the inclusion of other individuals in the black struggle. Because they got a benefit of what I gave an example of with the dude from Algeria, Tunisia, one of them shits. Mm-hmm. He got money off of that. Because the terminology was right. He was African-American. He came from Africa. He was naturalized as a U.S. citizen so he could identify as both African-American. Mm-hmm. Now, if they, if they had said black, he wouldn't have a part of that shit. Yeah. Because no, he's not black. He's not black. He's not black. But the terminology and the vague use of the terminology allows other groups to benefit off of the black struggle. And, I don't know, no one really refers to themselves to a whole continent. Yeah. You know, white people don't say, oh, I'm European. No, they say, I'm I'm from Britain, I'm from yeah. Germany, I'm yeah. from wh- wh- wherever they're from. Well, Europe but isn't even real. You know that, right? Europe isn't real? The continent in itself is not necessarily real. It's actually called Eurasia. Oh, right. But they shape that. They try to, it's, it's, like a, it's like a whole, it's a facade. You know, you try to build up this certain group of people to look in the most prominent and most dominant way and then title it with a name called Europe. I um, actually saw something that white white people were actually the ones that created race. Yeah. And they called themselves Caucasian, but they didn't like that term because it includes people from the Caucasus Mountains, like the Asian people, the yeah. colored Asian people from the Caucasus Mountains. Yeah. So they went with white. Also, I think Europe is just an American thing because I remember my mom telling me that there's six continents, not seven, because she learned Eurasia, yeah. not Europe. It's Eurasia. Yeah, it's Eurasia. Man. And I think they're just separating it because they don't want to be um, grouped with the colored people that come from Asia. Yep, yep. And then, you know, even, even the idea of America, what is America? Mm-hmm. Me personally, like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be woke, none of that shit. But when, when I hear the term America, I view it as a cultural struggle. I don't view it as an actual compact like place. Mm-hmm. It's more of like a struggle of different cultures and then nobody wanted them to come in last. Mm-hmm. But one group being fixed to come in last for the benefit of everybody else. That's my definition of America. It's just a, it's a war zone of cultures where one group is fixed to be in the last position to benefit everybody else in that space. That's my definition of the word America, or the term America. But yeah, a lot of these different groups and shit aren't necessarily like real. It's all made up shit to try to justify domination, justify white, the idea of white supremacy and whites being the dominant of, you know, everybody else on the planet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's, that's something to definitely talk about as well. And we're always, we always have to be the enablers in the, yeah. in the sad, in the sob stories. Always have to be the enablers, always have to be the coddlers. When sometimes it just gets tiring. That's true. That's true. And it, it's okay to feel tired. Mm-hmm. It's okay to express you being tired. Again, you know, black folks need to start handling their issues as black issues and then describing their issues using black vernacular. You know, using, nor- using European nomenclature allows them to shape the narrative. And then they're going to say, oh, you can't talk about that. You know, that's fucked up. You know, you can't talk about that. That's, that's, that's fucked up to say. That's using the European nomenclature and adapt the power of racism to shape your narrative. If they can shape your narrative, you better believe they can shape your reality. Mm-hmm. You better believe they can shape how you're supposed to live, how you're supposed to dress, how you're supposed to talk. They can create and, and control all that because you're trying to live up to that definition of blackness through European nomenclature. Even how you're supposed to think, because in school, from a young age, we're taught that, we're, even in the textbooks, mm-hmm. you know, everything is about the white man. This white man founded this, this white man did this, this yeah. white man did all these great things. There's not really any bad things about a white man in the textbooks. That's but true. you don't really hear about the black history. And we make up a lot of black history considering we've been here bef- um, since before the country even yeah. became established. Yeah. Where's our history in the books? Yeah, I think it all comes Besides down to, slavery. Yeah. It all comes down to the idea of, you know, if we can if we can create a narrative shape the narrative of black people being you know slaves only and being having only these few pivotal moments in society we can literally shape them to be second-class citizens just based off of historical references we could be like all right white folks have done 100 things black folks only three mm-hmm. so in that in that ideology they shape the, the racial hierarchy of whites being first class blacks being second class only amount to very little in the world but in reality we are the world 
So, you know, being able to realize that is definitely something that I think a lot of black folks need to realize and white folks. And I just thought of this. I don't really like the way Black History Month is portrayed in school. Mm-hmm. Only because that's the only time when they focus on black people. Mm-hmm. I didn't start learning about black people inventing things and doing all these great achievements until February once a year, every year. And then it even got watered down as you get older. In high school, they don't really talk about Black History Month like that. In, in I mean, in the announcements, they just do a you know black songs and quotes from black figures but that's just about it that's true one thing that i want to talk about is the idea of once you can shift the narrative you control the person and then you know with black history month i'm asking you this what's the what's the most prominent figure you see during black history month mlk MLK. parks that's all you literally see mlk because mlk became an individual who I have a lot of respect for because he definitely did a lot and he wanted to do a lot for black people but he got lost in the sauce of being politically correct and the whole minority scheme mm-hmm. and that made him more of like a, a white token in, or a white token that they put into black society to try to you know appease the people quote unquote mm-hmm. but they don't talk about people like UP Newton they don't talk about people like uh, Malcolm X they don't talk about people like you know Marcus Garvey all these different individuals Denmark, VCWEB, Du Bois, don't talk about these people because all these individuals had ideologies and realities that go against the, the, the Eurocentric ideology of the world. And they were practical. Yeah. And if they do talk about them, they're seen as um, terrorists. Yeah, terrorists, random terrorists, extremists, all these different terms just because they don't identify with the Eurocentric ideology of how blacks should be. They know, they, they realize the scheme of, of oppression in this country but they know the true value of the black man and the black woman. And they talk about shit like that. And once they do, they're seen to be as, you know, supremacist. Even, I heard somebody call it the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, a black extremist, because he pushes out being practically black mm-hmm. and having, having pride on oneself. And pride on oneself shouldn't necessarily be hate towards others. It's just pride on my fucking self. Mm-hmm. You know, I know who I am. I know what I'm worth. So I respect myself and I expect you to give me the same respect I give myself. So, you know, I think MLK was definitely a prominent figure in getting forward, but he got lost in the sauce of being politically correct and making black issues a minority issue. And that's when it went south. And then after that, he was their token figure. So they took just him, like, it was like, I, yeah. this, is what, this is what we want every black political leader, quote unquote, to be. Mm-hmm. And then they pushed him out there for the whole rest of the rest of the world, rest of this country, rest of black America. Like, I, this is who you should follow, follow MLK. You know, he did this, he did this, he did this. He was mm-hmm. right, morally right, all of that. So they were trying to shape the narrative of, MLK is the only person you should follow. Mm-hmm. Don't teach you about all the other people who are really making change, really making shit happen, really trying to make shit happen. But go ahead. I was gonna say, um, I think they also do that because MLK had a more peaceful approach, mm-hmm. and they probably knew that that wasn't gonna be much of a, a motivation to really change the country. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you have a more practical or I don't wanna say violent, but violent approach mm-hmm. that's how you actually see change and yeah. they don't want that they don't yeah. want to teach people that if you actually go out there and do something and like you know um hit them where it hurts then yeah. you're actually going to see change yeah. they just want to show people that oh well, if you're nice and you're sweet then maybe you'll get it if you're cute i guess yeah you know yeah you know i, I told somebody i think today i was like bruh change isn't made through asking Kumbaya not gonna work for us no more. Hands out, master, please give me this. It's not gonna work no more. What is gonna work is stop the singing and start the swinging. Mm-hmm. You know, change isn't created just by asking. Like I said before, sometimes you gotta break down walls and tear down doors to get to, for change to happen. It's not always sweet. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort and a lot of brutal force to get there. But people don't want to accept that because again, the whole world in totality is built on the idea of Eurocentric values. Mm-hmm. And Eurocentric values go totally against what the black man and black America should be. And I don't I don't condone in violence per se, yeah. just for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, but, I don't um, I don't either. <laughs> when they burned down that target in May, I cracked a little grin. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, Saw it, seen it coming. Yeah, I mean, if, if you want to be, you know, if you want to talk just facts, you know, America is the economic powerhouse. It is because of the blacks, the labor of black slaves. If black slaves wasn't here or we had revolted as soon as we got here and we allowed ourselves to be slaves, 
who was who is to say that America would be an economic powerhouse? We could possibly be a third world country. Who knows? But because it's built off the backs of blacks who were murdered, lynched, raped, molested, you know, put in, in the most inhumane situations in human history. Period. Those individuals gave the, the American society the chance to strive economically and get the chance to dive into capitalism and you know build these corporations and shit. So I don't give a fuck if they burn down no Target. You know. What they deserve is justice for whatever happens to them, and what they deserve is what they fucking need to get. That's it. I don't go for one of Target, no Walmart, none of that shit. I don't condone violence, but sometimes violence is what you, you need it's, to create change. It shows um, results. Yeah. And I was going to say that, um, I'm not going to even say I think. America is the way it is because black people had the work ethic but lacked the knowledge. Yeah. And white people had the knowledge and lacked the work ethic. Yeah. So where we lacked, they gained, and then we're able to, like, you know, subordinate us yeah. and put us in the position we are today and put them in the position they are in today. Yeah, that's all the mental conditioning. As Carter G. Wilson says in his book, once you control a man's mind, you wouldn't have to tell him of what to do. His actions are already programmed. Mm-hmm. I don't got to tell you to go to the back door and pick cotton. I don't have to tell you because you're mentally programmed to do so. You already know. Yeah, what you already you know do. what to do. So, you know, mental conditioning is definitely one of the, the, the most drastic things that occurred in the black community. And it, it affects where we're at right now because it affects how we think and how we live. And our thoughts are our life. Mm-hmm. You control how a man thinks, you control his actions. It's as simple as that. And the mental conditioning is definitely passed down. Yeah. It's it's um internalized, but it's passed down. Yeah. For sure. For sure. You know, from I always tell people that why do you think that they didn't allow slaves to read? Like one mm-hmm. of the worst things you can do as slaves get a book and learn how to read and write. Exactly. You know, they try to cut out all sources of information because self-realization does not allow slavery. Self-realization of self-worth and self-value does not allow servitude. Doesn't allow altruistic ideology. Doesn't allow Eurocentric ideology. Mm-hmm. It allows for them to be black and be unapologetically black. And being unapologetically black ain't gonna be no sir. I'm not gonna be no yes master, no master. It don't work. People would rather die than be slaves. We seen that with the Igbo landing when the slaves got here from Nigeria. They walked back into the water because they knew who they were. They knew where they were from. These were kings and queens and, you know, descendants of kings and queens. And they were not going to walk in the servitude. So they walked back in the water and drowned themselves. They committed mass suicide. So, you know, self-awareness is one of the biggest things that I think the black community needs to, you know, impact or incorporate into their lifestyle. And once we get that self-realization, we definitely make moves towards striving forward. I'm not even gonna hold you. That's probably why the Titanic sank. All those Negro ancestors, yeah. spirits in that Atlantic Ocean sank. Yeah, that all those ship. bodies they threw off of that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. some of them jumped themselves. Yeah. And the Titanic didn't let black people on, so they were like, we might as well just kill them. Hey, it could be a real possibility. <laughs> you know, I'm not, again, I'm not a racist. I don't give a fuck what you think about me, but I'm not a racist. I don't care. I don't have time to be trying to be a racist. But I definitely believe the world is a constant loophole of experiences. And then, you know, what you do comes back and hits you in your face. When you don't learn and improve, yep. it'll come right back and until you learn and improve. Yep. What do you think about, um, since you're a black woman, what do you think about Kamala Harris being the vice president? What do you think about that? I think image-wise, it's really empowering. Um, a black woman, a black woman being like the first vice president but I don't think her actions are very... I don't want to get too into it because um, it's part of the questions for yeah. next week. Okay. But um, her know. actions aren't very role model-like. Yeah. But her the, the image of it yeah. is very empowering. I mean, my homegirl went to Howard. She's mixed. She's black and what, Native American. Mm-hmm. So the image in itself, like when I first looked into it, I'm like, yo, Shorty Valley, like, exactly. Howard, HBCU, exactly. prosecutor, mm-hmm. but then you look at the track record, your record and you're like, shh, yeah. I, I, like, I don't know, mm, I don't know. Damn. But, yeah, I think the image is definitely empowering, you know, mm-hmm. we need more, more, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say better figures, but figures who are away from entertainment and more about education and information. Having figures who are prominent in that sector is definitely going to motivate a lot more black girls to, you know, dive into that and be more focused and be more enlightened about shit. We just, we just need more people that look different. When you look in the books, you see 40, what, 44? How many presidents have we had? 45? This is 45. Yeah, I see 45. 44 white old men and one black man. And that black man, 
He wasn't even all a yeah. saint. That's why saint. I say, like, if, if niggas are going on for president, I want somebody from prison. <laughs> I'm dead ass because, like, people don't notice who haven't really dived into the whole prison sector. But people in prison are one of the most educated people you ever meet. Because if you if you're doing twenty years in prison and all you guys books and lifting weights, trust me, you're gonna come out with a doctor doctor degree and a bunch of other people that have been through the same thing as you. Yep. And I feel like they've been through the lowest of the low. You have Literally. your humanity taken from you in prison. Literally, it's like slavery. Yeah, and a lot of them come out as felons. So then they come out and their humanity is taken from them free, yep. quote unquote free. Yep. So it's like, what really can they do besides educate themselves and want better for themselves? Yeah. A lot of um, black people that are coons, they're just coons because they're um, they're privileged. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that I've been through you know all that much either, but I know what people have been through and I'm acknowledging it. Yeah. But a lot of coons, they don't want to. Yeah. They don't. They decide not to. Yeah. They're just privileged. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah, I think we need to start getting niggas who are locked up politics because they're educators fuck trust me you go to a, just go to any prison and try to have a conversation with at least five brothers mm-hmm. you see the level of knowledge that these people have because they've been locked up and cooped up so long with just books it's like damn they have it's not like walking library and i've seen I've, I've seen stories of people who literally go to prison for like 20 25 years learn about the justice system and are able to fight their own cases because mm-hmm. they're getting all this information so I think they're one of the best people to put in positions of power because they can represent the, both both classes of Black America, the educated and the non-educated, because they have fine line between them both. They've been on the side of you know maybe a bad neighborhood or a bad experience or you know gang banging or selling drugs. They've been on that bad side, but them going in prison again on this information allows them to move on to the educated and informative side and aware side. So I think they're definitely the fine line in the society. That's probably why they have all these laws to take away from. You know, their rights. I think that could be a real possibility to why these niggas who were felons and shit, or ex-felons, or ex-cons, mm-hmm. ex-convicts, ex-convicts, they take away all their privileges and rights as U.S. citizens because they probably know that, you know, these niggas is coming out educated. We can't have them running for office and doing these different things because they could really make some shit happen. And a lot of people, like, you know, a criminal is a criminal. Yeah. However, well, I was going to say... I'll tell you this before you say anything. What is criminal? Just define that to me right now. What is criminal? Um, you can go back and see what you have to say, but I just want to point this point out because okay. I think it's really interesting. In what is criminal? literal terms, I mm. guess, a, a criminal is someone who does something that's against the law. a written law. Yeah. Okay. But don't, I don't want you to steal the words from my mouth, though. Okay, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that um, I feel like we shouldn't look at criminals as just criminals okay. because we don't know why they're there. We don't know what human rights they, or not human rights, but like, how do I put this? I don't know. But they put aside, you know, morals. They put aside morals that a regular person would put aside, wouldn't put aside because they've been put in a situation that would cause them to put them in. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? I get, I get what you're trying to say. You're basically saying, just, like, they have to put away certain morals at certain times to make shit happen. Yeah, and, and a lot of the times, people just think of them as horrible people because they would never see them see themselves in that situation. Yeah. Um, I want to touch back on the criminal, you know. I think that word in itself creates a whole different discussion that I'm definitely going to get into, like, later on. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to get a lot more in tune with that. I'm going to speak different people. But when I think about the word criminal, you think and you retract and you think back about, you know, slaves being brought to this country. Mm-hmm. They were viewed as property. They were put into the Constitution as property. So from that to now, quote-unquote, being human beings, that in itself is against the law of the land. Because if the foundation of the law was built upon blacks being property and not humans, blacks being inanimate object, every black living in this country is going against the law. It's criminal. And then you, you, you go back and you think about, you know, you think about shit like striving in a racist society, striving in a society that you're not supposed to, you know, do anything or make anything of yourself of, 
that's being criminal because the, the idea of racism is creating these phenomenons to control and shape the narrative and control these different factors to gain benefit over the other group. But if you're striving in that system as an individual, you're a criminal. Because now, that's just, my, that's just my theory, but I think it definitely applies to a lot of people. A lot of the ways that we think about convicts and people who are in prison. Because I'll tell you this straight up. Most of these criminals are geniuses for their situation. They're in a situation where they have to make certain shit happen. And they're geniuses at that situation. So they get caught up with that. If Donald Trump, if, if, if Donald Trump cutting away his taxes and having tax cuts to pay only $750 was illegal, he'd be a criminal. But because he's a genius in his situation, he's not a criminal because he's going according to the law. But whereas the person in the hood, person in the ghetto, he doesn't have the chance to go according to the law. He has to do something that is against the law, but it's a genius or is a, a smart move, so he does that move. And in fact, he's labeled as a criminal. It's I'm gonna definitely get more in detail like as the episodes go on, but I think it's something to definitely think about or try to you know uh, uh, realize or try to understand. Because I think every black person is a criminal, is born to be a criminal by Eurocentric ideologies. Just based off of that. By the um, system that was put up to yeah. restrict us from doing what yeah. we're doing today. Yeah. So I think I think you know realizing that in itself could definitely create a whole different conversation. But we're not gonna dive into that right now. But you know, like I said, I was saying before, Senator Kamala Harris. I think she's a great image mm-hmm. for black women, especially black girls. Because mm-hmm. personally, I think the the whole race itself. And our progression lies in the backs of black girls and black women. Because oftentimes when black people get, get incarcerated or get in trouble and shit, the woman has to raise the kids. And then if she if she has knowledge and wisdom to help bring the whole family up to be politically, socially, economically educated and aware, you're creating black folks who are gonna be shaking shaking the system. And you have help if you have a bunch of other women doing the same thing, you have a, a whole group of black folks who are Shaking the system because they've learned from their parents. They've learned from their mom. So I think the black woman is definitely not just the backbone, but really the whole neural system for black folks to progress and get to where we need to be. I saw this um, statistic mm-hmm. and it said that it was actually really eye-opening. It said that 80.6% of black women are the uh, breadwinners in their household. Um, and Go ahead. It's loud. Uh. Um, when compared to um, other racial groups, it's there's a really big difference. Yeah, and black women are the most educated group in this country. If you got briefly put money on it, put a thousand on it, and search it up, black women are the most educated women in this country. So if they're most, if you're the most educated, they're gonna be the ones pushing it. You know, we have to be. Yeah, they have to be the ones pushing it. You know. And forcing us to, you know, do better to get better. You're the backbone in the neural system of all of that, of that whole process of progression and self-realization. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. What's the, what's the time? 57 minutes. That's a lot. That's a lot of information. <laughs> but I hope, I hope I didn't go a little bit too off to make people confused. I just hope I gave enough information to where people can start thinking for themselves. When I give out information, I don't, I don't like, or I'm not a fan of disagreeing with me. I want you to have all the tools to think freely and come up with ways to help other black people, help, help the community in totality. I don't, you don't have to agree with Raven 24/7 because I don't have all the fucking answers. I'm not, you know, I'm not the most educated person in the world, I'm not the most intellectual person in the world, but I definitely think I have, I have a lot of ideas and values that we can all take compromises from, make compromises out of, and we can definitely use it to get somewhere in life. Mm-hmm. So. Again, I just hope it was enough information, but it wasn't too much to where it starts to confuse people. I don't, I don't want to start making people's heads explode and shit, so I'm trying to chill off for that, but that was a good episode. That was a good episode. That was a good episode. You, you can end this shit. Oh, outro. It's the Big Down the Big Step Ray, a.k.a. Professor Ray, a.k.a. Big Brains, Big Head, you know All what right. I'm saying? All right. Up in this building, you know. All right. Make sure you like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. That's at the Don Talk, D-A-D-O-N-T-A-L-K. That's D-A-D-O-N-T-A-L-K at the Don Talk on Instagram. We stay spitting gems. We stay, uh, you know, dropping episodes. Share with a friend. Share with a friend. It's pure information. Pure information. But we're going to holler at y'all next week. Peace and love, all right? We out. Uh, and don't forget, we dropping a new podcast called The Miseducation of the Negro. 
you're gonna be talking about shit like this in a way a variety of different topics that have to do with black enlightenment and political enlightenment and political awareness. So if you want to get a lot more in tune, be more practical in how to use all this information. Concise. Concise, clear, cut, facts, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Tune in. We're going to drop the, the, the podcast real soon. It's, Me it's, and Ray. A, it's a little trailer. You know what I'm saying? So if you want more shit like this, stay tuned for the Miseducation of Negro podcast by Big M, M in the Cut, and Big Step of Big Don Ray. You feel me? You're going to make it happen. But again, Peace and love. We're going to holler at you. And subscribe. Peace.